Yeah, I don't care about that. Do you need coffee? I've had enough. I had coffee before I came. That's a cool shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? I got it from my neighbor in Pennsylvania. It's like 40 years old, I think. Have you ever been to Little Italy? I have. The last time I was in Little Italy, it was an Italian party, and I text Matt to say, hey, you should come down through here, and he texts me back. I don't like to go to things like that. Matt who? Gay Matt? Matt, um, someone else's boyfriend. Oh, why would you ask him to go with Because that's before when we were all cool, when everyone was friends. And Dude, we you guys out. were never all cool, really. We were. We hung out multiple times. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you're cool. He was, like, participating in something with this <laughs> well, I didn't know no, no it in was... which he could I mean it was the only way he could you were like married but I didn't know that at the time I thought he was just a co-worker friend and all that She's, you should put him in films he's an actor when I first met him that was the first introduction or maybe that's what she meant though for real I think so at the time and then you know life keeps going anyways so my guest today is this faggot <laughs> <laughs> I, Isaac Haldemian, um, a, a subject of divorce, but let's, let's go back and let's start with, well, I, first, how are you? I feel good today. Why today? I just got over my divorce. I finally feel good about it. Are you being serious? No, I feel great. I feel, um, stressed about that data transfer, okay. but other than that, I feel great. Yeah. Moving on. Um, <laughs> let's talk about your divorce. Let's go back to the problem really, really started. And I think it was obvious to everyone except for you, male modeling. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a male model. Let's be real. And, and, and that's what brought you to New York. And you went to one of these, what, like fashion conferences, things, mm-hmm. modeling conferences. AMTC. You know, I went to one of those, right? I didn't know. I, I mean, maybe. my career would have plummeted two, two hours <laughs> in. But I have to say that um, I never told you that. I, maybe. It was, I mean, it was an interesting experience because I went as closeted uh, junior in high school. And of course, I like secretively went because anything involving like male models uh, where I grew up is like super thick for faggots. And um, I went and I did, you know, when these like, auditions with uh, some copy, some retarded copy about, you know, whatever, dish detergent or something like that. And the guy kept laughing at me because I was probably being like super feminine <laughs> and like the like, casting director or agent who was probably like an assistant intern hired to like go to this thing in an Orlando conference center with like a carpet floor and a ballroom at the mm-hmm. like Holiday Inn. Everything's carpeted. Yeah. And everything's just like, it, n- none of it's like really real. But I have to say that... um I did get myself into Seventeen magazine from that little conference. You did tell me that, um, which was kind of cool because I had like a horrible like headshot shot from this like crazy person that flat ironed my hair and put on way too much foundation that had nothing to do with my skin tone, you know, type color. And um, I put I just threw it into like the box of like Seventeen magazine, and they called me. And I remember getting out of geometry class, and. They said, we want to do a story. I was like, what is this, Time Magazine? Like, a story. And they're like, is it? it's so funny because then they said, is there a girl you're interested in? And, like, these days I don't feel like anyone would do that because, it would, you know, they would assume that you could be into anything and everything. Um, and I just lied because I wanted, you know, the story, which was, like, me sitting on a beach in a blue, vertically lined blue striped shirt from Express Men. And it was mm-hmm. about, like, hey, Rachel, ha- not Haldeman, Rachel... Never mind. I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> I don't want all 13 of my listeners to go to reach out to her. She's now a doctor. It's going to be 30 soon. <laughs> She's now a doctor in Long Island. Anyways, um, 
But I want to, I do want to touch on that. Like how I, maybe you don't want to, but like just lean into it a little bit. How is male modeling? How is modeling? I mean, you're male. I guess we don't have to stipulate the gender, but I never liked it. It was cool that I got to travel, but I felt like when I was, I, I, I always thought I was going to be making more money. Mm-hmm. And I was with people that were making a lot of money, like Noah Mills. He was my roommate in Paris. He's a pretty big deal. Mm, never heard of him. <laughs> um, but I never liked it. I always felt, I always felt like I was making fun of myself because mm-hmm. you're not doing anything. You just are born the way you look. And I've seen people that are quote unquote good models. And one, I was on a shoot once and the photographer and the assistant said to me, you're such a good model. And I felt embarrassed because what they meant was I was not complaining about how cold it was outside and I was mm-hmm. not shivering because I was staying still for the picture and I felt this is retarded. And then I did the campaign for YSL twice. Um, just, the, just the UK. Did you get any free clothes? No. God, and I remember, so I remember my feet were in shoes that hurt my feet. And I remember I was making 8,000 euros and most, I got, I did that job twice. It's the most I ever made in one day ever in my life. That's mm-hmm. 10 grand. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, this is, I hate this. I hate the fact that I'm getting paid to stand here in these shoes that are hurting my feet. Mm-hmm. And all, all of these people that are involved in the shoot, they're so neurotic about how all these details are important. Yet I don't care. I don't give a fuck about YSL. I don't care about the clothes that I'm wearing. I don't care about their mood boards. And I just want the money. Mm-hmm. And I met a lot of guys that were making a lot of money that would, would they would say the same thing. They, they have to play the game because they're, making money they're making so much fucking money Mm -hmm. so so then like why did you go what was um what what was this stimulus what to like to pursue acting to move to new york it was like you hear oh you can transfer from here to here to get you to new york and it got me to new york and you went to this conference because people were just like oh you're good looking you should be a model and i actually think um i just i just i i remember asking people in high school do you think i could model and i i didn't really know because my mom and dad said you could, especially my mom. I'm like, okay, let me just see if I can. Let me ask a few people. Mm. She's like, and get then, out there, honey. And then we looked up <laughs> places so in Nashville because we lived near Nashville at the time. And we went in and Nisi Davis. I still love her. She's like a third mother to me. Um, Was she an agent or something? My mother agent, yeah. And That's what they call them, mother agent? Mother agents, yeah. They probably don't call it that anymore. They probably call it person agent. What do you mean mother agent? Your first agent is your mother agent. That's what they call okay, it. Okay, I hate modeling even more it's, now. It's, like, it's weird. Whoa. So I went to the conference and I got signed with Request with Gaspard <laughs> and Noah. Or, um, what's her name? Fuck her, though. Seriously, fuck her. From Request, fuck her. Um, well, we don't know her name. Put I gotta, her out there. Put her on blast. Fuck, I can't remember her name now. Either way, if if you're a, a she made an you aspiring male model out there, don't go to request. Well, there was a few people that were making money, but it's like all these agencies they get they want numbers, they want a bunch of people, and they everything is them doing you a favor. And I I just got sick of it. Mm-hmm. I remember. Well, they know that like they can sniff the desperation on all these like yeah, young people. Well, they to, promise like, make you. It. I remember. The, my, they're like they're like also promising that like I'm gonna be buying a pool for my mom. The first year you could be making hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it just takes a little time. And blah blah blah. I can call you and get you into these agencies. And I'm like, cool. I went to Paris and I enjoyed it. And I kept thinking, when am I gonna make money? And mm-hmm. then when I finally had some jobs, 
where I knew I had money in the bank, I would go and they would make me feel bad about asking for my money because they were so hard up on cash. A lot of these agents, they were in debt too. So they would just say, oh, we can't pay you because all those submissions we made last year, that it actually equals exactly how much money you had in the account. I'm like, wow, that's funny. Every time I want to get fucking paid, the cost of you repping me matches what I'm supposed to get paid. Mm-hmm. Fuck this. And yeah, I was just to, taking the money. Then I went to a better agency and they, where I started getting paid. But I still, I never liked modeling. I remember being on uh, a Stephen Mizell shoot after doing the Louis Vuitton show exclusive in Paris. I thought, finally, I'm going to start making money. And I went there to do showroom. And then I came back. All these terms as well. Yeah. Well, I came back and I, they're like, you're, do you want to shoot with Steven Mizell? I'm like, sure. I I knew the name. Hmm. It's going to be for Vogue, Italian Vogue. Cool. I go and it's a military setup. I I shave my head. I go. And I remember the guy, I forget his name, maybe Scott something. He's a dickhead. I want to fucking hit him. And a lot of people say that about this guy. And it was the second day. It was 107 degrees. It was one of the hottest days, two days in a row, um, for a New York City August. Very hot. And we were on a tarmac in fake desert. And the guy came up to me and he goes, change your shirt. And he goes, come on, come on, come on, come on. He kept rushing me. And I said, hey, bro, chill. And then he says, I think you were in enough shots today. And I was supposed to be in the Great. cover. And I said, you tell me. I don't care. You tell me. Do you want me to change or not? And then the guy that cut my hair... Steven Mizell doesn't want people in his field of view because he's such a fucking genius. Although his assistant, who's also named Steven, just like all assistants do all the fucking real work. And then Steven gets to sit down and click the picture. He wanted his uh, field of view cleared. The guy that cut my hair, forget his name, jumped over a C-stand, broke his wrist, did not make a peep because he was so scared of being in Steven Mizell's presence. And he went off and had to go to the hospital. Didn't make a complaint. No one fucking asked about him. And I'm like, this fucking place sucks. If I could go back now, the man that I am now, I would have flipped over chairs. I was like, fuck you. I would have gone viral because these people are disgusting. They're so fucking disgusting. Yet people let them be who they are. Mm. We, we we worship them. We say, no, no, don't say that to him. Don't, well, it's not we, honey. I definitely. Have well, not you, but a lot of people, a lot of people, they let these motherfuckers act the way they do. And because... Just like Harvey Weinstein, all the people that knew shit was going on with him, he has access to so much money and career that they they just allow shit to kind they, of. They also these people also have access to people's desperation. It's like sure. desperation is a disease. You're like you're totally want to make it. You want to get it. You want your name out there. Mm-hmm. You've come to New York to be blah 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 blah. And mm-hmm. it's like anybody who can sniff that out is going to exploit it. I mean, it's it's like it can't be that hard to do. I mean, once you're like affirmed by power and blah, blah, well, blah. When blah, you have blah. the actual money that you can give people, that is powerful. And I met Harvey Weinstein, for example, when I was 18. Hot. Serving dinner. Did you, did you touch him? No. Was well, he in a robe? Serving dinner at, in a Wintour's house. Fuck her too, by the way. Uh, a guy knocked his head. Well, oh, this is blowing my mind. These name drops, these these yeah. places you've been, the I was people at the you've Ma- seen. I was at the Met Gala and a guy passed out. What were you doing there? Where we stand in a line, like um, human wall, a human wall. One guy, your part pa- is human wall. One guy passed out on the stairs, gone up to like where the actual dinner is, well, and and he hit his head on the uh, on the railing, and she sees him. He hit his head. We all thought he was dead. Hits his head, falls in the ground. Anna's there. She goes, "Get him out of here!" 
I'm like, I want to throttle this person because that is a person that's here to serve you guys. And he's so desperate. We're standing in line to make 250 bucks. This guy could have a concussion. He probably did. I never checked in on him because I had to go finish catering because there was a dinner after that where I got to see Kanye West start improving and everyone was making fun of him in the stage or uh, in the dinner. Well, he had no business being there. He's well, a real genius. Yeah. Like, what is he doing? Uh, Artist capital A yeah. does not deserve there to be were, on the it, and It was Justin Timberlake's table with Rihanna who she came in later by herself. She was late to dinner and she was surrounded by all of us and she seemed like a scared little girl. Like, where are my people? Where are my people? And I remember telling her, I was like, hey, relax. You're okay. The dinner's right over there. Who? So that's Rihanna. Rihanna. She was so, she was like a scared little mouse because she was separated from all the famous people and she was surrounded by the real, the cater waiters, the servers, the bartenders. Now, how much of the story is true? 100% true. I promise you. Oh my gosh. I can only lean into trusting you. I'm going to. Yeah. I mean, I, as a catering and bartending and modeling, quote unquote, we, I was led into so many rooms. You're, you're, you're just a fly on the wall and and so many quote unquote famous, Mm -hmm. fuck these famous people because a lot of them are just dirt bags behind uh, closed doors back to the Anna Wintour story I went to the kitchen and I asked who that person was outside because mm-hmm. I didn't like him I, I, they're like oh you're an actor I was 18 at the time I'm 35 now and I said yeah I'm an actor like you should be cool with him you, you know you should get to know someone like that I'm like well who is it they're like that's Harvey Weinstein and I said I don't know who that is they're like well he owns Hollywood he's one of the biggest movie producers TV producers that exists. Well, yeah, he's big, girl. We know he's that. Huge. And then I said, Enormous. if I have to be cool with people Obese. like that, I probably won't have success. And I meant it. Like, like the way he ate, the way he sat. And that's proven so true in your life. So true. No, I'm just kidding. I'm here doing empty <laughs> podcasts, hoping that someone, you know, hoping that one of my friends blows up, that I can be in the entourage. Um, so you can just be the suckling fish on the back yeah, part of the shark, just exactly. making it. Yeah, it's symbiotic. Man. That's all I need. That's good enough for me, honey. As long as I'm like being fed and the bacteria <laughs> and the plankton is enough to fill my little stomach and I'm hitching a ride and I don't care. You, you know, you catch the Northwestern kind of like uh, breeze up the coast and just take me to where I need to go hibernating and I'm into it. I'm down for it. So Harvey Weinstein is fat. What else happened? I just, I just... What do you mean that night? Nothing. You just... The chef stole our tips like always. Hank Tomaszewski. Fuck that guy too. Honey, everyone on blast. Turn that mic up, girl. I want it all I don't care. Out people there. never say people's names. These are dickheads, man. These people are not good. No, I support it all the way. I'm not, I'm kidding, but I'm not. And um, I'll never meet any of them because I'm no. smart enough not to put myself in that work. situation. You worked for Hank once probably. Hey, Isaac. Hey. Hey, Isaac. Hey. When I, when I was getting married... What do you mean work for him? Don't tell people what I do. <laughs> This is my living, the day right? that my I bread told, and butter, baby. That when I when I when he told me that I was when I told him I was getting married, he goes, hmm, "You're a pussy." What I'm does like, that mean? I don't know. That was his response. He's like, oh, "Don't be a pussy." Getting married. I'm like, "What? Being in a committed relationship that's faithful is being a pussy, Hank?" Because he was dating a guy secretly. Oh, he's gay. Yeah, he's uh, gay. And well, now, I, so I heard he's blowing a lot of his money dating. This well, he's blowing a lot of people, and and and, and turns he's dating a lot this of money. younger guy who's like spending his money like crazy. And he lost huge clients last year. But I heard he got some of them back. Like he just went in debt and stuff? He went in debt. He was dropping the ball in a big way. He was head over heels over this guy who was 19. Well, people get really blinded. <laughs> sure. Crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, What do I know, though? I'm just a divorcee. So uh, modeling eventually led you to get married. <laughs> 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 yes, it did. You were running from something and running into something. No, I'm kidding. I don't want to tell you what you did, but 
I just know what you did. <laughs> um, you got married at 22. 23. 23. Why, why so young? Why get married so young? When you know, you know. And what did you know? I knew I wanted to marry her. I knew that, you know, I started hanging out with her and I was around her every day and I didn't want to stop that. And what did so, you guys meet? Met at church. Baby. And that's why you wanted to get married. Let's get down. Let's, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, let's we get can talk down about to the that. surface. Yeah. Um, Met her. At, I, I saw her. The first day I saw her was at a uh, women's conference at my church that I was helping at. Well, <laughs> then now we know who the real Harvey Weinstein is <laughs> at a women's conference, honey. But I remember seeing her. The blood of Christ is thick, girl. Yeah, I mean, it's a great story. I love I love thinking about it because it, uh, it was real for me, you know. And I think for her until it wasn't, you know. When do you think it wasn't? It's hard to say. For her. It's hard to pinpoint that. I think earlier, I would say we've been separated for three and a half years, but I would count. I would almost add two two years to that. Yeah, at least. I think she would add like nine. It maybe. <laughs> well, she erases everything. Like if she'll say that nothing was good and there's not one thing that was good. I'm like, okay, well, I can hold the good memories and the bad. Ooh. Oof. That's rough. Um, and <laughs> so the beginning was good though. Like it's always good in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, there was not without its faults. You know, I had, I looked at porn a few times and that was like the scarlet letter that was on me. I was the worst husband. I was the cheater. Can you not look at porn in a marriage? Like, how do you well, feel about that? Um, I think I'm, it's funny. Let's just go, let's go from where I was at the time. I agreed. I was like, Hey, I'm bad. This is immoral. I'm a sinner. So the only like sexual desire you can have is for, for your wife. Exactly. Yeah. But we know that's not true. Well, we know, or realistic. That, we know that it's not realistic, but it can be true. Like I never wanted to step out and I never wanted no, but to. No, but looking at porn is not wanting to step out. I mean, I'm talking about just being attracted. Yeah. To... Well, I don't think that, I don't think it's always about sex or connection with a person. Sometimes it's just about seeking validation. And if I was in a marriage where I did not feel validated very much, that was a, um, guaranteed, like getting a drug. It's a guaranteed release. It's a guaranteed feeling and it's sexual and it's, you know, it's sexual. You're, I'm not just looking at it and look, and then my hands are tapping on my back. You know, you're masturbating, looking at porn, getting a release and feeling somewhat accomplished, but always feeling like shit afterwards because it was fake. It's not real. Yeah. But can you do it and not feel like shit? Like, can it be understood that, I mean, why does it have to be judged as real or not real? It's simply a masturbatory, like, sure. Moment. Yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, even now, I don't, I, I, it's been, it hasn't been quote unquote an issue or a thing I go to. Because what porn? Yeah, because I feel like so. I feel very satiated. Yeah, well, because you've been having sex with so many different women, <laughs> not so many different. But you decided to like live. No, I don't. I, yeah, yeah. I got to live a part of my life that, and to be honest, in marriage there were parts, especially after having kids, and after being told that I'm no good so many times that I remember being so bored, and a whole year before. Bef- a whole year before it got bad, I remember saying, I want a divorce, like to myself. I would say it out loud. And you know, the superstition of being a Christian and like, I just spoke, did I just speak that into existence? Mm-hmm. Or even the people that are all about manifesting, like maybe I manifested my divorce by saying out loud, man, I want a divorce. I'm so fucking bored. I remember holding my, holding Judah at the park and Asking all the mothers, because a lot of times it was mainly the mothers, but there are fathers out there too. And I remember asking them, do you guys ever get sick of coming to the same park? 
turning left and then turning right on the same block, playing at the same swing set with the same kids. And they seemed not one of them was like, yeah, I agree on board too. They're like, no, this is, you know, we're watching our kids grow. And I remember like, oh, mm-hmm. I want someone to try to attack this park or something so it can be exciting. So it can offset how mundane this process is. Although. But do you, and do you feel like that with other aspects of your marriage? Oh, for or, sure. Yeah. yeah going to if not groceries. like in, in its entirety. In, in entirety. It, yeah. <laughs> it became, it became. I feel like that's true for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, once, once like the chemical warfare wears off. It's mm-hmm. like, now it's just warfare. There's, and there's no like serotonin being like popped up. So it's just like, I mean, you don't even need to be married to experience that. You can just be in a relationship that's past two months. And then you're like, yeah, I, I'm it's, it's funny in other relationships since my marriage. Um, and the one that I'm in now it's, is, I feel like it's, it's getting the benefits. You're in of one me. now. Of course. I What's am. his name? <laughs> Gustavo. That's her brother's name. It's a nickname. Oh my gosh. We have an editing button. We have an editing button. No, but that's a, uh, a joke between us already. Well, now it's not between us. Um, <laughs> no, between her and I. Oh, why? Because she's Brazilian? Because her brother. It's her brother's name. Oh. And then I'll say, oh, I've never met this Gustavo. Maybe she's like, actually, Isaac, I am Gustavo. And I had a sex change. What? What? If I, she's like, if you found out that I was actually Gustavo, would you stay with me? Knowing what we have together. Like my, my Gustavo or her brother? Her brother. Her oh, brother's okay. name is Gustavo. And her. she, so she would say, actually, <laughs> I'm not Marina. I used to be Gustavo. My brother, who doesn't really exist, is actually me. So you guys this, have to understand that you are fulfilling some fantasy right now. No, I don't and, think and so. And you need to work through this. And, and, no, and not like, everything said or talked about is like, like a deep fantasy. I don't believe no, that. No, but I didn't say that. I just think you need to work through this, this through some role play. Why not experiment? I mean, it's fun. Honey, it's after a, hearing about your last fun. sex life, you need, there needs to be some experimentation. Well, there, so and I'm going to draw some roadmaps. Because, no, no, we can. Like I was actually going to help you draw that roadmap. So back to marriage and back to being bored and back to... Uh, feeling repressed the fact that I couldn't even watch a movie like departed with my counterpart. And I mean, departed departed, you know, cause there's a, there's a line tooth two face faggot, which I think is a great put down in a film. Yeah. That's like me. It's, yeah. who, I, it's who I am. <laughs> that's who you are. You're three faced. Um, not being allowed to cuss, not being allowed to drink. And I say not allowed because to do would be to the consequence would the be the consequence would never be worth, Although looking back, I would not be a simp. I was a fucking simp, and I will never simp, never again. Um, well, the consequence would be possibly divorce, but in the end, I, I, even you making all those uh, hard, you know, determined what ended up being like feeble attempts just led to divorce anyways. So yeah. It's like, I mean, I really believe that the only way to exist in a relationship is for each person to be themselves. And I agree. Um, but that also makes it hard because like marriage or relationship is kind of understood as this like unit and union mm-hmm. and coming together as one, but we live in a culture of such like individualism. Mm-hmm. It actually seems counterintuitive, opposing and like impossible to sustain. I feel like it's the reason a lot of relationships end. I mean, I'm generalizing a bigger idea idea, but when it comes down to the, like the tangibles and the events of your marriage, it's like, how do you sustain both of those concepts? They are so, 
a distant from each other. I mean, mm-hmm. individualism, you, your independence, how you think, what you feel, what your moral code is, what your lived experiences, your upbringing, your religion, your spirituality, your faith, what kind of like sex you need, what kind of like mm-hmm. sexual activities you need, what you want to experiment and explore. It's like, and that's just like touching on like a few of the aspects of, of who you are in relationship. And now it's like you're with someone else and you're supposed to like make that bond and mold and work mm-hmm. together. It's like, it seems impossible not to be cynical or hopeless, but I feel like I'm, becoming hopeless like i don't know you know like you're you're learning a lot about yourself through these other people and i again i asked if i could say her name marina you know her and i we talk about our marriages and our divorces and we we talk about all of that Mm -hmm. we watch the show scenes of a marriage that you told us to watch which is amazing and we would pause it and talk about it like our own experiences and we both love i mean there'll be times we, we are in the middle of being intimate, we will stop and talk and we'll have a conversation about, I'm just thinking about that scene. And that was never, and this, I take responsibility or not even responsibility, responsibility, me and my Mm ex-wife, we came in with our own repressions, our own judgments of ourselves for maybe wanting to do things or our own just limited view of what a relationship, a marriage is, or to push into a a topic that I think, suffered in my marriage which was like our sex because toward the end we we didn't have, we never talked during sex it was just it was never like we never communicated and toward the end we started to and i'm like why does that help so much for me wanting to be here it's like oh because sex isn't just a it's not just two pieces of meat hitting each other it's mm-hmm. well that's called gay sex pieces <laughs> of meat hitting each other but no, I, absolutely. I mean, some of the like the best sex is when it's like there's no pressure, there's yeah. no finish line, there's no, and you just kind of like it's like uh, you know what it is? It's like play for a, a child. Yes. I mean, you're uh oh, don't. I'm not talking about molestation. It's just ain't get no John Wayne Gacy on this motherfucker. No, no, no. But what I'm saying people. is like. Yeah, I love those nights when you're really connected with someone, a partner, and you can take time out to like continue watching some stupid reality show or together. Why you're like or... cuddling naked, or why they're like, yeah, they get up and make food and they're totally naked, and then you come in. And I like, was inspired when you told me like one of you explained one of your nights. I that has inspired aspects of my. Well, what night life was now. that? Break it down. Well, you, you were you were talking about <laughs> you were talking about watching a movie and sitting in a weird position someone was sitting in a weird position you were doing something with your mouth to a part of their body while they were watching the show spell it out honey i mean come on you were just giving him a a blow job that lasted forever or whatever and then it stopped past the lube it stopped (laughs) then you guys went you cooked food it's probably pasta because you guys are unhealthy and then um but then, the, then it then it continued on through conversation, laughing, yeah. and then the night in the kitchen, on the kitchen yeah, floor, on yeah. the countertop, and then like go back and finish watching a show. It's like the goal is not to come. The goal is to like spend time with each other playing. Yeah. And it's like a it's a play that you really invested in because it's super uh tantalizing and interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not like let's get together. It's not forced play. That's like we need to bond, let's break out Monopoly. And yeah, you're like, okay, yeah. well this was interesting. We did that too, by the way. Minutes. The last the, the last leg of my marriage we played board games and I remember I mean winning we, in Monopoly every time we played and that not being a good thing. Yeah. Well I can relate to that. That's some like borderline personality <laughs> shit. I remember one time with my ex going out to Greenport and they were going through a really hard time coming out of a cult which that's a whole another episode. And we were playing this like shuffleboard game that was outside of a pizza restaurant. And I was supposed to be like supportive and like helping him. Like 
um, just dealing with the confrontation of like knowing that he was part of something now mm-hmm. registered in his mind as a cult as it was. And it was like, I remember playing this shot and he was like winning and I got so pissed. And this is how like delusional you can be like when you experience like borderline esque qualities is that like you like, I like screamed, like hit the thing down or whatever. And he immediately became like this little sad, you know, rabbit, like, like head down and just like he was going through so much sort of, um, trauma and mm-hmm. his, and his recognition and like, and so he went back to the house and I went like down to the little downtown and I found this ridiculous bar that had like live country music being played or whatever. And I was like mm-hmm. filming it. I was like, come join me. Like totally like nothing happened. Like mm-hmm. insane. He was like, I'm in bed. Have fun. Um, so I get that. I get, you know, losing Monopoly is like a hard thing to face and you're, <laughs> but it's like, I don't know, relationships are hard because everything becomes, everything seemingly becomes about something more. So it's not yeah. about like Monopoly. Now it's like tethered to your identity. And yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. competition with your partner and who's smarter, who's more yeah. intelligent, who's going to win. Why don't you let me win? I'm this in the relationship. You're yeah. that in the relationship. Like, girl, if you don't sit down and sip your damn macchiato and chill. But it is, uh, I think, true for a lot of people that it starts to get like funky and weird. Power dynamics are part of it. Last night after... I started reading that article you sent me for this, the one about loneliness and marriage. Mm-hmm. We should get into that actually, but yeah, continue. I, when I said to Marina, I was like, man, I am so glad that I got divorced so that I could be here. And that makes me think about what we were talking about when we were getting food, where you were saying maybe relationships don't last, but they last as long as they do. And I don't look back on my, Legally, 11 years of marriage, but we made it, I think, through nine years. I don't, there's no regret. I have two children. I learned a lot. I learned about my limitations. If I wasn't with her and going through the ups and downs, I wouldn't be who I am now. And it's either I look back and regret it all and wish I could have done things differently, or I look back and say that was my life and that was the story. And we had to join for that chapter of our life and we're young enough to do it again because I am actually in a relationship now that I haven't felt this good about since the beginning of your marriage, the beginning of my marriage. If it's very identical in the terms of, I want to be all in, Mm. I don't feel forced to be all in. I guess that would be the difference back then. There was this pressure of, I met her at church, but with, with Marina, it's more, Oh, I'm, I'm a 35 year old man. That's learned a a little bit of self-respect. I have some boundaries. I'm still a work in progress, but I'm okay with that. And, as long as no one's cruel and as long as people let me be me, not that they don't make comment like you are my friend and you always tend to give me critique of myself, which I do appreciate for the most part, for the most part mm-hmm. when it's accurate, which is like half the time. <laughs> um, so this article in the New Yorker, mm-hmm. the problem of marital loneliness. Did you read this mm-hmm. parts of it? Um, That's the second one you sent me. Uh, yeah. About the husbands uh, in the geometry. Yeah. Yeah. By Agnes Collard. Mm-hmm. I never read the names of the people that write the things. I'm sorry. I know. Well, <laughs> you're not a writer. You got to give them prop, the props <laughs> too. They got published. Um, so Agnes, I'm assuming is a woman or a non-binary person. This is that, um, why are you smiling? <laughs> I'm not. This is marriage is hard. Uh, or she writes marriage is hard. Even when no crisis, uh, when no crises loom, and even when things basically work, what makes it hard are not only the various problems that arise, but the lingering absence that is felt most strongly when they don't. The very closeness of marriage makes every bit of distance palpable. Something is wrong all the time. How do you feel about that? 
Which part? <clears throat> well, I, I, I can speak for myself and say that like, I relate to that. The part of um, something is wrong all the time, even when there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. But I always thought this was just uh, a characteristic of, you know, BPD stuff. Like, because there is a, there is a crisis always looming, even if it doesn't seem to be, which for me is very much the fear of rejection and abandonment. And so you're always experiencing that. So if you uh, feel distance between you, then that is happening. That's like, it's happening right now. Like this person's getting ready to leave. Um, confirmation bias that fear is becoming a reality um or if you're very close to each other and you feel super in tune to each other this is like a thing a a lot of people don't understand especially like bpd like if you're really close to each other it's also and can many times be even more frightening and scary because you're going to like lose it i can relate to that and i'm not i don't think i'm borderline well that's what i'm saying like so in marriage and stuff like that, like the the fact that she says there's something wrong all the time because how close marriage makes you um, it makes, you know, distance very like palpable. So yeah. if, if you feel distant, even if it's not true, any, any shift in the potential opposite direction of what, what you want it to be, you, you notice it, right? Like if it's good and there's a, a conversation that leads to be uncomfortable, which happened last night with Marina and I, um, before, not last night, yesterday afternoon. And she says, are you scared? Yes. And I said, yes, I am. She's like, good. I want people, I want you to be afraid of me. I was like, well, I'm not afraid of you. It's it just, sounds. It's, she's kidding. But there's always a little, maybe a little honesty in our jokes. But she doesn't want a simp and I don't want one either. But I told her, I was like, I like the fact that I can feel nervous in this relationship because it means I care. Because I actually am in it. I'm vulnerable. I'm here and I can be mm-hmm. here. Any other relationship prior to this, as you know, I had to in a lot of ways, feign that I'm not feign my empathy because I could feel bad, but I just didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to say names, but you know a few. And I remember one in particular, she said, so if you saw me with a guy tomorrow, how would that make you feel? And I, no bullshit, said I'd be happy for you if you were happy. And then she said, well, you just don't love me the same way I love you. And I said, apparently not. We're in, we're in a different place. And I was like, I've been telling you this from day one. I was like, I am not in the same boat as you. We're on the same river, mm-hmm. meaning we're in a relationship. But I was like, my canoe is way down the line and yours is way ahead of me. And you keep giving, you're, you're floating your supply down to my boat and I'm taking it because I'm in a taker. I'm, I feel like a taker right now. I feel very selfish right now. Yeah. Well, at least I was about to say, you have to take accountability for recognizing yeah. where she's at. And yeah. Where, like, and I did. Are. And then, so that, that was the, one of the last conversations we had about it. And that's when... You know, I ended it and, um, yeah, I ended it. I'm proud of it, but I also did, well, anyways. Yeah. But I, uh, the whole loneliness and the crisis is always looming. I said for years, I feel like a silent alarm is going off in my marriage. This is dull, deep alarm. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And toward the end, I realized, I don't think my wife likes me Uh and that people say oh i love you i love you yeah but you don't like me you're not Uh i know so much about what you do for work and i don't give a fuck about what you do for work but i know so much because i like you Mm -hmm. i'm interested in you i want to know your thoughts i'm really fucking into this who you are as a human ask anyone that has met me a stranger or someone that knows me i talk i big you up all the fucking time Mm -hmm. i was like but with me i feel like it is such 
you pretend or you try, you make, you make the valiant attempt to pretend that you give a shit about what I care about. And I was like, that is going to wear you out. Yeah. Instead of saying, Hey, I don't give a shit about what you're into, which would be harsher in the moment, but I would appreciate it because it's honest. And that's toward the end when we got real with each other and things like this were said, you're just bitter Isaac, because I don't love you anymore. And I said, Oh, well, that is a tough pill to swallow. I said, but I loved you first and love can be rebuilt. That was my response. I know that because I was recording that conversation in case I needed it for court. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that conversation. But um, do you believe that? That love can be rebuilt? I think so. Sure. Well, that's what she was talking about in um, that other article that I sent you from The Atlantic when she was saying that like, it's another... As a, as, a, as a wife and a mother, like, trying to rebuild the romance, she understood it was possible, you know, doing the work. But it she kept discussing. And she's like, but you can hit a wall where you're like, I don't want to do that work. Yeah. I don't and that happened, for sure. And yeah. and I think that's, like, when it ends. I mean, that ha- has to be when it ends. When someone I mean, doesn't want <laughs> to do the work and they recognize that you have to. I, uh, again, I was told... You bitches. Toward the end. Yeah, toward the end, I was told. I hate women. So I'll never have sex with women. <laughs> I was told, you have to do the work for both of us. And my response to that was like, that makes no sense. I was like, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. I was like, no one can do the work for both people in the relationship. That would be killing oneself for for, for a ship that's already, it's already at the bottom of the ocean. It's, it's done like that. And that was part of when the, things like that were said to me. It's funny how a few very poignant things were said that I actually believed that I thought it was true. It wasn't just hyperbole. It wasn't just said to hurt. It was the truth started to come out. And instead of saying to idealize it, no, no, she's just saying this. And no, this is just the enemy attacking us and God's here for us. And I can hold on to this thing. I was like, wait, what if, let me just back up. What if this marriage just is dead? Uh And what if I'm holding on and praying for something that's dead and that the fucking, it's decomposing in front of me. Uh Meanwhile, my kids are still here and we're still young enough that we can get the fuck out of this thing. And I remember I waited till I got to a certain point. And for me, one of my indicators was I, I remember started, I started to flirt with other women, like in a big way when I was out working and Uh I was like, oh shit, I got to file for divorce. Because that's what made you. That's one of the, well, that's one of, it's one of the things for me is that I am shifting because I am a committed person. Like fidelity is very important yeah. to me. But I guess if you're not getting anything at home, I wasn't and I don't anything. even mean sex, but just like intimacy, zero. love, care, uh, concern. Zero. For nine months sleep, sleeping on the floor. I remember halfway through that, I remember saying, Hey, do you love me still? No response. I, like, I, I kind of just need to hear, do you love me? Yeah. No response. I'm like, okay. Like, check taking notes and like i'm collecting i'm collecting information of what is the, my actual standing here and then when you find out other things about where people are spending their time and who they're spending time with and what other people are saying i was like all right i gotta put all of this information into the same pot and be like you know what and i can say this i don't really have any bad blood toward i, I do feel unvindicated i do feel like there's uh-huh. certain aspects of my marriage which is why i like this show like there were certain scenes in the show where I felt like, Oh, I feel like watching scenes from a marriage scenes from a marriage. I felt like watching some of the scenes and you can interchange yourself in the characters. Mm -hmm. I felt vindicated just watching. Oh, this is a real thing. Okay. That is something that happened. I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. I can relate to that sentiment. I can relate to how he's feeling, how she's feeling. Do you feel that you identify more with, um, 
Jonathan. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. You with Jonathan? 100%. That makes sense. He's a religious man, yeah. as you are. And loyal and cool with being with the kids. And um, toward the end, he started being like, no. Yeah, yeah. And it was very subtle. He was like, no, I'm not fucking doing that. And that mm. made her go crazy. But I also have a lot of empathy for her character. And I also have empathy for my ex-wife because I see a lot. I mean, of- there's a lot of like parallels there like I, falling in love with like all another of man and leaving a hundred percent being like so, i have to go right now that's I, probably your ex-wife's like problem she never could just say like i have to go right now i'm dead in this it's over i fall in love with someone yes. else and it's like you just couldn't say that because of uh i think the moral compass that's because been, like, of what mom would think throat. because of what grandma would yeah. think because of what dad would i'm say. sorry but that's the consequence of like a very sort of fundamental religious order is that you have it's so emotionally tied to your parents and your upbringing Mm -hmm. and then it's also they tie morality morality into that so instead of being able to acknowledge like what's happening exactly in you good bad or just indifferent or whatever it's like Mm -hmm. you 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 can't see it for what it fully is Mm -hmm. because you must choose and it is like the verb to choose like see through this veil that um it's either good it's moral it's bad or it's immoral it's righteous or it's evil and therefore like you're not allowed to consciously make an independent decision Mm -hmm. um it's because it's like it's drowned out by this like indoctrination and i think that's true of anyone it's not even just like religion it's just like how your parents raise you and it's like why you end up ultimately rebelling against your parents because you realize you can't live this independent free ubiquitous life because it's like it's been determined for you because your parents need you to be them and once you start to veer from that at all especially in an intimate romantic relationship it's hard not to feel the reverberations of the consequences of that it's like hard it's like as you know i was like say you have to divorce your parents Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you hate them or that it's like you're against them but you can be different from them yeah that's all and it's like hard and i think i honestly think that affects a lot of relationships because you start to like try to date your mom Sure, like, yeah, but not even if a religious background. Any, we all have true, relationships, and we everyone has like an ethos that they bring with them from their environment or what they're told or the people they look up to. It might right. not be a parent; it might be well, yeah. And anyone. if your parents aren't in your life, that's when you know you're going to be a homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I feel like watching scenes from a marriage. I really identified with both of them. It's like a fifty fifty split. Not that that's like. Not that that's Everyone's like, meant to relate a little bit. I think, well, yeah, and it's not. It's not like a paradigm you really need to like work out. But I don't. I feel that you can't help, to, especially when there's a cast is basically like two, two and a half oh, people. Yeah. I mean, thank the Lord in heaven that after the first episode they got rid of the two friends. But we needed. They were it. We needed slaying it, me. They were not. They just simply were not good actors to me. I don't like them. They were like way. We needed the that, girl. We needed the, the relationships though. We needed to see a little bit of the outside of their life. I guess to make them real people. But Otherwise, the lady was like, she was. The, she was in a commercial for. for Tide or something. Mm-hmm. She was like, she, pushing, just, yeah, I know what you mean. She was pushing. I liked, her, I liked her better than the other. I do not like the other guy. The guy, and he was like talking louder or louder at the end. She's like, the kid's sleeping. It's like, dude, this is so friggin' unrealistic. Like, what kind of friend is this? Like, it's just, I just couldn't buy it. So when they were like no longer in it, how many episodes were there? Five. 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 They cut out. There was supposed to be six. Six, yeah. Um, because, of course, it's based on Ingman Bergman's original Swedish, Swedish. Swedish series. Um, but I related to both of them because for him, there is this, I feel like there's this internal battle with me as far as him like wanting to be a good person, wanting to be the moral person, wanting to, to intellectualize everything, wanting to believe you can fix everything, believing in the like sanctity of, uh, of, of marriage and... Um, definitely like tethering himself to like monogamy in marriage like i mean this is the beginning of course he goes through this transition but then with her she's this she 
at least pretended to be it or then became this free spirit who had to give in to her like uh, sexual desires, her unforeseen pleasures, uh, romance, um, curiousness, an interesting life, change, idiosyncrasies. Tra- like, and there's like a part of me that's like that too. Like that's a battle that I definitely have in a monogamous intimate relationship. Like even like last time, it's like, that those things are warring with each other. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I, I would literally think one time I remember thinking like near the end, it's like, I couldn't just like pick up and go to Mexico and like by myself for a month. You know what I mean? You can do that. And if you could do that, you'd have to have so much conversation about yeah. it and like architecture and like plans and you'd have to check in. Yeah. So not, none of that is like that pressing. However, mm-hmm. it does morph your experience in Mexico. Whereas like when you go there and you're not with anybody or in a relationship, there is this, sense because i've like done it traveling that you're like a really really alone in the world in this really interesting way you're in a new place there's no uh checks and balances having to happen with some partner back in the states or whatever and it's like that and and honestly i will say in relation that became sort of scary for me it's like if you are actually committed to being with this person for life in this understanding as it is now regarding your relationship there the like the curious uh explorations are never going to be as interesting. They're always going to be slightly dull because someone, your partner or your spouse will always have to know where you are and what you're doing. And if you'll have to check in basically daily, if not once a day, and it's like, you're not alone. You're not alone in the world anymore. Mm. You're not just this speck traveling through the markets of Morocco, not accountable to anybody. No, they hate gay people. You can, you but can fabulous frogs. I don't know. Straight. You who's, come off as straight though. Who's te- I, honey me? <laughs> who's who's stitching together those fabulous rugs, honey? If not for a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, I, a question that I have for you. Okay, speaking of goals, sometimes like marriage is just the goal. But when we're talking about again individualism, mm-hmm. especially in America, a, a country that like you know, uh, rails for individualism. Do you think that, um, we are better off achieving our goals independently than we are in a relationship? Cause a lot of people say like, we, she supports me. He supports yeah. me. I help. But realistically, are we better off achieving our individual I, goals by ourselves? I think it depends on the individual for someone like you, you are so intrinsically motivated. And I feel like if you have a relationship, this is my observation of you. When the relationship's not there, what takes up that that space is all the other shit that you want to do, totally. your creative art. And a lot of times you'll say through creation, it's you have to go through a gauntlet of pain. Like you, It's painful for you to create art. It's painful for you to write. It's painful for you to put yourself out there. And when you have a relationship, you have some of those things satiated, but then the boredom comes. For me, uh, I could see it as symbiotic where... where as long as it's not unbalanced with how you're supporting the other. Cause I said to Marina, she's very, she's a, she's awesome. She helps me a lot. And I for asked now, her, for now, well, you know, <laughs> Until it becomes boring. No, I'm kidding. And I, I said, I was like, Hey, how am I helping you? I was like, I'm just curious. Like I'm clear on how, how is she helping you? Just like with, with conversation, holding space for me, giving me like pushback, like you do like, Hey Isaac, you need to, have more value for yourself here. Like I said, this one, I, I noticed that you, you feel bad for people and you're so, you're so nice to people that 
people know that about you so that they can they can put their hands in both your pockets and like take your money from you and you'll somehow it's like you think that that's wrong for you to say get the fuck step back here you, mm-hmm. you, like i don't value myself enough and she helps that's an example of how she helps me and she drew some art for me once it was really awesome and she's like isaac you know you do help me a lot and it was more on the emotional sides of things and she's like you coming back home and you cook dinner that that helps or helping me do laundry which i helped to do laundry twice and the fact that i did not want to run away doing laundry with a woman it means i'm in a this is how you fold a t-shirt no i mean it's no what i'm saying is like i remember going to the grocery store with the woman i dated previous and as soon as we walked in the grocery store i was like disgusting this is domestic i like our private relationship up in the apartment where no one's yeah. there but walking, what do you mean what who what girl what girl is this the not girl, your ex-wife the, no no the girl you told me that it wouldn't last the summer girl. yeah and uh-huh. and then within a week it was over and i remember texting you and all that and i took 20 percent yeah um but also like i guess i think your it, repulsion it by like domestic duties is definitely Oh, a consequence of like being in an abusive relationship for 10 years or 11 or a marriage for 11 years. That you said the A word and I agree. <laughs> what but is I, the A word? Abusive. Awesome. Oh, abusive. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but domestic so, abuse. But I would say this as a person, like I don't, I'm no victim, but I do like to call things what they were because it's accurate. But a lot of that could have been avoided if I would have just stood Not up for myself. All oh, right. Right. If someone talks to me a certain way and toward the end, you know, for example, if anyone talks to me the way I was spoken to in marriage, it's it's done right there. Yeah. On the spot. Yeah. I mean, you are the only person that gets that pass. <laughs> and, and all my personal intimate relationships as well. <laughs> I know. I, sometimes I'm wondering, like, how do I have a friend? Um, no, but you, 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 the thing was. With but I'm the Brennan, first that would text you the next day and be like, that's I'm so what I'm sorry. Saying. I'm dead. I'm Brennan, I, told, I had this conversation with Marina the other day. I was like, well, Brennan, he. He, I know he loves me, and I was like, I sometimes know that he he'll have an assessment of me, and he'll sometimes make it personal to him. But I was like, he'll the next day apologize and say, "Hey, I was making this about me," and I don't even know why I get so upset. Oh, did I say something? And she was like, "I can't believe you said no, that no, 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 no." She she's she's feeling you, and I, she's like, "Man, I, I really the more I, I hear him, the more I hear you talk about him, the more I want to spend time with him." So okay, stop. Next question. Um, no, but that's yeah. that is good. The fact that you want her to come to this party makes me happy. It makes her happy, and I know that you mean it. So. Yeah, I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. Unless I was just trying to fill up. The <laughs> no one's coming. Tell tell tell, tell your girlfriend. To come. <laughs> tell her to bring all her friends. How many? How many she got? Um, do you feel that if you <clears throat> had not been so religious, would you have married in the first place, especially at that age? Probably not. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty easy one to answer. Absolutely. Um, I'm kind of pulling these questions uh, from that New Yorker mm-hmm. article, or at least made me think of it. Um, also, this is, and it doesn't have to be the greatest, but I just phrased it like, what is the greatest lesson you learned in your from your marriage mm. that ended? I mean, I just had to pick one out of the many. Mm-hmm. Probably like to reckon, I mean, sorry. You're right, right. let me hear. Let me I was just going to say like reckon, recognizing abuse, uh, having boundaries, especially when it comes to like, verbal boundaries abuse. Boundaries is what I was probably going to say. I, I learned the need for boundaries, which it doesn't take a marriage. It takes people teaching you about boundaries mm-hmm. or even using that language. My parents 
we don't talk that way, but they have, they have natural boundaries and in my observation of them, they just didn't, they didn't put language to it Mm because they both came, both my parents came from pretty broken homes where here's two stories that happened. Uh, my mom was molested by her brother. She was the youngest of, uh, second youngest of nine. She became the mother when the mother left them very early on. Mm -hmm. So she was the mother of the family. So there's a reason why my mom is a fucking badass mom. She's like the shit. My dad, Here's some other, he had some crazy shit happen to him too, but there was a point in his life where he was pointing the gun on his father and he was going to shoot him. Another time where the, his You guys dad, are from Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, that doesn't mean shit, man. It's oh, like, sorry. yeah, they're not in the city. They're, they're in the country and alcoholism and abuse and all that shit was in their lives. And when they came together and they both give Jesus the credit and I thank the Lord for it, PTL, baby. Um, they came together and they said the shit that happened in our homes will never happen. In our family. In- but they also hold, I mean, like uh, that article is breaking down like the four like types of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think your parents hold what I think she was calling the, the traditional mm-hmm. like, concept of marriage, which is like, they were saying like those, I don't know if you remember those. Because when one stays home and one naturally goes away to work, uh-huh. people fill in those gender roles or yeah. just partner roles. Which is some of what uh, helps keep marriages together is that like. And there's natural space. You miss each other. You're not seeing each other every fucking day. You come home uh-huh. and you have with, for instance, Maureen and I, every other week I have my kids. I live in Harlem. She lives in Queens. So we have built in space. Uh, also a theory of my ex and her her deal is that there's built-in space. She has a private life with her kids and just like I do. So then every week you have this transition from I'm in this thing, now I'm out of this thing, now I'm back into this other thing, which is kind of nice to have a double life. Although I'm blending mine with my current life. I'm kind of blending both my lives now. And it seems to be blending perfectly like a Reese's cup. Right. Um heard what's the other question boundaries would be the the lesson oh yeah so this was um oh another thing i guess i would say another lesson sorry is i didn't know that i could be someone that wanted to file for divorce so the idea of you were so sure of who we are and where we are in a relationship or what the fuck is it my who is it? Marina. I'll really? call, call her back. She calls you now? Oh. I she, didn't know she, I... she called me and she's going to say, stop moving so much in that damn chair, <laughs> honey. Or these people won't be able to make out. A, all 10 of my listeners can't make out a Listen, word of what's happening. The new studio is being worked on right now. We're, uh, we're at an Airbnb right now. Yeah, we're moving it to Wyoming. <laughs> but I didn't know that I could. I wanted to file. When I filed, I yeah. wanted to. I wanted the divorce. Me, Isaac. I had other And that's people. what makes you the bad one. Well, you filed. it was all me and I was told that it was, the divorce is all my fault, whatever. Right. But that leads me to believe there could be another version of myself that I'm unaware that I might become. So back to scenes from a marriage, he gets to the point where he's in a marriage with someone that's also religious. They have a child. So he's doing the traditional thing that didn't work with his first wife. Now he's cheating on her, cheating, having more than one affair because she says other affairs and then he's with his ex-wife and that's when he says i am over the obsession of being the good person and that i text you right after that line i text that to you when we we're having a conversation mm-hmm. while i was watching it and i don't know who else i could be become i don't know who i'm going to be in 10 years but maybe this is just like all parts of you that are already in you yeah but, are all of us but you're meeting yourself along the way you're i'm collecting aspects of uh-huh. myself through divorce so I don't have regret. 
I really, I, I wasn't trying to be cute last night when I told Marina this. I'm glad that I got divorced because I'm happy to be here right now. Yeah, well, that's true of anything, even not like divorce. If anytime you end up somewhere positive that comes out of, you know, out of the rubble comes a daisy, it's like, well, mm -hmm. of course, you're happier to like pick the daisy and then be buried again in the rubble. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, it's and my this, alarm for moving the car. I'll give it a Should few. we pause? We can go another five. They're not going to give tickets right on the minute. Um, so I guess like with, okay, so with your, your marriage, um, and this is one of the things like, I guess going back to the HBO series, um, and also in that article from the Atlantic is like, there doesn't necessarily have to be anything uh, wrong or bad in the marriage. It doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be abuse present to mm -hmm. like pursue a divorce. Um, from like Igmar Bergman's, um, well, the original scenes from the marriage, uh, there's this like line that says like, we've never quarreled. Neither has been unfaithful toward the other. She's talking to her. I think it was, um, not her patient or whatever, um, or her client. She, mm -hmm. she says, she says, well, won't you be lonely when she's considering leaving? Uh, Marion asks, and then the woman says, I guess, but it's even lonelier living in a loveless marriage. Mm -hmm. So I think that like, yeah, which I, feels so cynical and hopeless to me because like at least if there's abuse, it's like yeah, you have there's an impotence you, you, to like uh, my buddy Jack. He's the one that told me two things. Isaac, you're alone in this. You know, I was going through like a breakdown. He's like, you're alone in this moment. You have people, but you're alone. And he also said that um, fuck, I just forgot. Let's come back to it. I'm not even high. That's fine. Um, uh, on one point she makes in this article and then I'll like, I'll burn it. Um, she says, having come to, having come to understand that they really do have something to offer each other. She's touching on the, the series. Um, they're also forced to see how much less that it is than they had initially expected regarding marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, they have traded the illusion of a happy marriage for a genuine connection that is painfully, painfully limited in scope. Mm -hmm. And that's the point I was like making to you earlier, like maybe like, what you assume will be a happy marriage is all encompassing. It's everything. It's everything that they are. It's everything that you are. It's their pursuits and goals and mm -hmm. dreams, your pursuits and goals and dreams uh, individually and also as a unit. And um, maybe it's just too much expectation. Maybe it's just too much pressure. Yeah. You know, and, um, and what did she say? Having a genuine connection that's painfully limited in scope, but it's a genuine connection kind of like in the, in, you know, in the series, when she comes back and they do start to build this connection with each other. That seems um, not that we saw when they like met, you know, initially and originally like, but it is, it sort of just seem more honest and more real, even though now citizens of reality, that's the, yeah, it's exactly citizens of reality, even though it's like t uh, in judging it from, I guess our American sort of indoctrination of like what, a happy relationship looks like in the scope of marriage. It's like, well, it, it doesn't have any of those elements. Like he has a kid with like a lesbian. Yeah. She's like, still has this relationship with the guy that she left him for that. They, they have a daughter together. They're like renting their old house. They're like, mm -hmm. and so at the end of the day, it's like, well, what if it's just about the connection in and of itself? And that's yeah. it. And it's very limited in that sense. And therefore you don't get to have your hand, your viewpoint is not into everything that she's doing or who she's with or where she's at. And I feel like that sort of assaults my own personal viewpoint of relationship and marriage. But I also think that's partly due to sort of an indoctrination by my own parents mm -hmm. who happen to be divorced three times over. So it's like, 
There's, there's no real evidence for pursuing a relationship in the way that you tell me. That's not a judgment based on like uh, their righteousness. It's just uh, an observation based on reality. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is buy my book. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Well, a divorce doesn't have to. It could be boring. The reasons can be. They don't have to be the, that you grew they, apart. You grew apart, and th- that could be it's enough. Like kind of like harder than abuse to me because it's like at least my lawyer asked me that in court. She she leans over to me <clears> and she goes, "I'm planning on putting unreconcilable differences." And she's like, and she's like, "Is that enough?" Because she was what she was alluding to. Do you want to have all the other stuff in there? And I said, "No, I don't want. I don't want any of that mentioned here in court because unless we have to go to fucking war, that's just going to stay under the rug, right?" And that's that's what it was. And I, I remember thinking, and, and toward the end, I remember even having conversations. Like, Why don't you just say what you want to say? Why don't you file? You want the divorce. You don't. You say, I'm not your husband. I'm not your wife. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want. You can spend time with whoever you want. Uh, you don't love me. You want me out. I'm nothing but a loser. I'm nothing but a disappointment. Then why don't you file? And it's like, because that would be losing or not doing the righteous thing, but that's also people holding on to like religious views and whatnot. But I think if we were to who she is now, this is my assumption, but I know for a fact who I am now, it would have been a lot shorter process. I'm like, Hey, you want out? So do I, if you want out, I want out. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bend over backwards. I'm not going to simp for you. I'm not going to. And that's how Marina and I both are, which is amazing, which is scary, but I like it. Mm Hmm. There's the door. If you ever want to leave, I will not block it. Just fucking go. Mm-hmm. You can leave. I can leave. And, and I, you'll just face the pain. And I'll face the pain because I'm happy that I can fucking be hurt again. And it feels so good to give a shit about a woman. And if we're upset, I actually care. But I do not simp. I don't apologize unless I mean it. Unless I actually feel like I'm so- like I should be sorry for something. And the same mm-hmm. goes for her. And I let her listen to a voice memo of a conversation I was having with a friend about her before we were a thing. <sighs> and and she says, I hate that you do this, but okay. I mean, I, all I'm, the recordings and the like, it was, surveillance a, it, was a, that, it was a communication with someone else. And, and she goes, you know, I didn't like what I heard in that. She's like, but I'm so glad that I know Isaac, when I ask you, you're going to tell me, I know that I am actually being led into your mind, into your world, into your inner sanctum. And mm-hmm. I, and she is, I'm like, you're not going to like everything. But guess what? Every relationship is going to have quote unquote red flags. Every person you talk oh. to is going to have things that you don't like. Everyone's going to have an interest that are, that's opposed to your interest because you don't want to date yourself. You don't want to marry yourself. You don't want to marry Brennan. You would rather marry someone that's not like you because you said, how could I be with someone like me? Right? So this whole idea that, oh, there's red flags. I'm like, what? how big is the red flag, first of all? Is well, it just, I think you just determine what you can handle. Yeah. Or what you think you can handle. Because hey, you have to understand, too, that you guys are at the beginning of a relationship. I know. And so everyone says these kind yes. of things at the beginning of a relationship. I, we can handle this. It's okay if you well, want to do that. Saying, we're it's saying sure that, if you but, want to do that. And then it's just like. But our conversations aren't, oh, this is a guarantee. It's more, ooh, we don't know. This is interesting. Let's keep an eye on this. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, how, how this feels now, and I even told her, like with the kids, for example. I see you with the kids and I'm blown away. I knew that you guys would get along because my kids are dope and so are you. And the only pressure I put on you was be yourself. Be you. These kids are their own people. They're not just my children. They're not just an extension of me. They're That's Judah. That's Shiloh. They have their own brains. They have their own emotions. They have their own relationships with everyone in their life. 
They don't have to check in with me for everything they think. I want them to think for themselves. And I was like, and you're down to be a partner in life on so many levels. I was like, but you don't, she's like, yeah, but I don't feel the pressure to be all these other things. I'm like, good. Cause I don't, I'm not putting pressure on those areas, but fast forward a year from now, some of this stuff that's unsexy might be really boring or really annoying. And you might, you might resent it. She's like, no, I'll leave at that point. I'm like, good. So we're at the point where like, if it's ever something that's like, <sighs> we're feeling like the oxygen's out of the room. Is this something we can address and fix mm-hmm. or is it time to get like one guy's on the boat and one person's on the dock yeah. and you're saying farewell with love and her past relationship. That's how it ended. It ended with love. Like we're probably going to hang out with the guy at some point. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's all love. It doesn't have to end with blood on the ground. It doesn't no, have it doesn't. to end with broken Mind bodies. Didn't. Well, I know. And I'm, I want that with any relationship I have as of, as it stands right now. I ask, I ask her all I mean, the you want like a uniquely, type of relationship maybe I, mean, it was I don't like, why not why not what something unique I mean because you and I both said and most of our observations of what we've seen it's not something I'd want to trade anything I have for what your your my, past marriage no I'm just saying my life like my you said I want something unique no that's not what I'm saying I'm saying that your I meant to say like your past marriage was like severely unique in its dynamic sure I mean it was like special wasn't just well, like, it's because I was married to a very special person, and you and I both agree. I mean, it was just like, I mean, she crazy is, control, crazy control, but crazy, I, but at the same time, abusive. at the same time, that's just focusing on one aspect, but the other, like, as highlighted her control, her need for control is there's other aspects that are just as beautiful. Yeah, Some but you don't have to, you don't have to even say that. I mean, it's not like we have to like pit something against the other. Well, to, like, I mean, it's a podcast it. and it's going to be in, in the eternal annals of the internet. I just also want to point out that just like what I told my son, he was, I know, but this is you again, like trying to like, it's not make like, it good and say the right thing well, and be yeah, like, Oh, it wasn't all that bad. If, but then the if point you I'm, say something about someone that's negative, they, it might be interpreted as reducing someone down to just a control freak. No, but that you this know? is your own insecurity about that. Because all I'm saying is that like you, what you want to have with Marina and the kind of relationship that you're having and the things that you're talking about is being like, as far as like, there's the door or whatever, or like the trauma that you have, like walking into uh, any kind of like domestic context, be it a grocery store or whatever are direct consequences of the abuse, I mean, that you suffered during uh, your marriage, that in and of itself does not mean that there was not good parts to your marriage. I'm just saying that an overall generalized uh, blanket on the entirety of your marriage, even even in like court, even in courtship, it really was about, and I have, I can empathize with your ex-wife in that sense of being like, to feel safe, I must control this yeah. from the beginning. And it is, it is a subconscious uh, behavior. It is not like understood. Like once you start to understand it, as I have, it's like you don't want to control as much as you want to control. And you have to, huh. uh, you have to work out that sort of internal battle. And that is like, and that's what I mean. It's like unique is that you didn't have any boundaries or understand that because you were so young as I went at that, that time. But what that meant was is that you were going to engage with in this marriage, in this courtship, in this relationship under a like 
severe sort of uh, surveillance and control. I mean, report cards and being this. <laughs> you can't do this. You can't watch this. You can't drink that. You can't eat this. You can't say that. You can't talk to this person. You can't. It's like I can't sit on the on a, a, a couch that has two cushions and have my knee touch and yeah, say, like, "Why aren't you sitting on your own side?" And I, I remember thinking, "Well, that's what I'm talking about." I was like, I'm not allowed to touch other women, so I can't even touch my wife right now right. but, but that, then you then you say why am i not romantically pursuing you all the time i'm like i don't know maybe it's because well, i'm on the couch you, like i like, was already turned off that's what i'm saying is that now that you you're, it seems like that you are like extremely invested in um a, a relationship that does not even begin to look like that which makes sense and is i think healthier but um had you not been through like something that I wouldn't severe, even appreciate this the way i do or would you even have the awareness that you do you might you might be blaming yourself for more than mm-hmm. I mean, you understand it's two people and it's 50-50. And like, Although someone told me that uh, after I made the decision to file, I, uh, I flew to... Fort Lauderdale to get some pit. <laughs> I flew to Galveston, Texas. And it's funny I say this. That's when my decision was galvanized. <laughs> you know, You know Star Wars? No. I, nope. Don't know that one. <laughs> Never heard of it. Anyways, uh, that's when I my decision was 100% solidified. Like, I'm not turning back from this choice. And... My friends, my friend who flew me down, his mother said, Isaac, Isaac, people say it takes two, but in some situations, it only takes one. And she was talking about the abuse. She's like, sometimes abuse, you, you don't have to give someone an excuse. Because I would be like, you know, but I'm a difficult guy to be married to. And I, sometimes I drop mm. the ball. So when someone comes home and calls me a loser, like I'm kind of setting myself oh, up right. to no. be called that. <laughs> and she's like, no, Isaac, honey, that's not who you are. She's like, that's not who you are. Yeah. And sure, and I'm not just saying that because you're my friend. Okay, so just one. Um, <laughs> what do you think about me and Iffy? And um, are you coming to my party? <laughs> what party? Um, no. Um, so watching watching that series, like uh, one thing that really hit me is when he was telling her after she came back and they had sex that he didn't feel anything for her. Oof. I mean, like extremely honest. But That's think, my fantasy. Really? To have that and to be able to say that to her. Oh my gosh. Oh, but yeah, it made but me to cr- your ex. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I think that's one of my greatest fears in relationship. I think it's, it's someone, it's not necessarily like someone um, cheating on you if you're in a monogamous relationship or necessarily the end of a relationship. Um, as much as, as much as it is, why it's ending and if the reason that it's ending is that the person doesn't feel anything for me it's like that's like the greatest fear like the thing about relationship is and this sounds so corny and oprah but most of this podcast did anyway so it's like (laughs) um it is it is um i don't know i guess like if someone doesn't feel anything for you it's like does that do you does it have to be that honest <laughs> like do you have to say that no you don't because there's um, things i could have said to um my previous girlfriend that i could have said but i said it in my head first and i predicted the outcome of the pain for no use that it would have caused and i said you know i'm gonna hold that back and hold that back i don't need to say that i just need to move on with love but then she would say things that she wanted to say <laughs> Like out of the blue. Hey, I just need to say this. Bop, 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 bop. And I'd let it and I wouldn't respond. But I want that. I still want that with Renee. I told that to Marina. I was like, with who? Uh, with Renee. I, I, not mm. the sex thing, but the the moment of vindication, the honest conversations to oh. be able to have all of that. It's like, man, I'm so envious of people that get to have that because it's like I feel I still hate the fact that I'm still judged so inaccurately. By that person. By, by her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. 
the judgment is so inaccurate. Yeah. Like, man, well, you don't it's like fucking it's, see. I yeah. don't. You don't need to be with me, right. but I can sit here and tell the good things about you, and um, I can hold like I, I'm not holding. I'm not pining over you. I'm not, I don't miss you that way, but I still hold respect for who you are as a, as a fucking badass. Uh-huh. You know. Well, being misunderstood is like horrific. That's my to be to be unseen or seen inaccurately is my biggest pet peeve, and yeah. that's like with Marina. I was like, here's the thing. You want to make me mad or upset me, make an assumption and tell me what I'm thinking instead of asking me. But she always asks. She's like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. Is this where you're at? I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I'm, that's actually not my intention. This is it. Yeah, but asking is good. Asking is good. But to be told, I was always told, this is what you're thinking. This is why you're doing this. I'm like, that's gaslighting and you fucking can't gaslight me anymore. Yeah. Horrible. No, I still can be gaslit, but I catch it earlier. Yeah. Just the other day, we were having good conversation. and You and Marina? No, me and my ex. And oh, okay. she was making jokes and it was going well. Uh-huh. And I realized the track record up into that point in that like, month she needs period, something. I was being very accommodating. Then I had her accommodate me. <clears throat> and then she was, she was confused about what I was asking, but I was very clear. I asked her two weeks out, one week out, one day out. With the exact times and dates. And she's like, I'm confused. I'm like, and I was like, fuck this. I always answer the phone for you. I'm always there for you. Mm. Can you help me? Yes or no? I'll sort it out. Great. And then she proceeded to tell me how it's going to be. And mm. I just ignored it. I was like, it felt so invigorating to just say no, which is silly because I'm 35 and I'm also the father and I have, I do have autonomy and agency, but I still feel when it comes to her. I still feel like a little kid some ways. Well, she's still controlling. It's still controlling to be like, it's, it's to mess up the plans of someone else who's you're in control. You're like yeah. determining their day. Their... But I want to end that whole topic with the dream I had last night. Yeah, let's finish on the dream. Because we're, it, at one, it was, we're at 112. Yeah, it I don't was, think anyone else can sustain any more divorce it's, talk. It's and it's 12, 12. I, I probably have a ticket on my car. That's hot. It's worth it. Um, Tell me the dream you had. Did I, she have nubs for hands? Was right. No, no, I was gonna. Stop, I was gonna make that joke. No, I don't even remember that part of she, the series. She had sent me a video or a voice voice memo, but the voice memo logo looked different. It was like bright green, and I was. She like, had an Android. This is a yeah, nightmare. No, that's what it made me think of. It was like an Android or something, or my phone was an Android, and I'm at, I'm in Marina's friend Juliana's kitchen. It's me, Juliana, and Marina, and I'm listening to this. It's a voice memo, but in, in the dream, I can see her, like a like it's filming her, like it's a movie. I can see her leaving the voice memo to me. And it was her, hey, and it was like her crying. And she was saying this, she was saying, essentially, she was speaking on both of our behalfs. Like, hey, you and I just need to, like, realize that there's love and it's we just need to avoid this numbness like this us being numb or numbing each other to the real pain mm-hmm. and my my only response was i said her name i was like you know i have not been numb through this entire process i have been feeling everything mm-hmm. and that was my response and then she sent me all these videos that were in the memory was videos and pictures from our marriage or from our wedding but it wasn't it was like a beautiful brooklyn like courtyard of like some Spanish crate. Mm-hmm. I was like, and it was like, I, all the girls had turquoise dresses on Whoa. and I saw a picture of her sister, but her sister, I couldn't tell if it was like her sister now or mm-hmm. her sister older. I'm like, in, in my dream, as I'm waking up, I was like, is this her, is this her marriage her wedding that she just had? And she's sending me pictures because it didn't feel like an attack. It felt like her sharing her life with me, knowing that that is what I still want. I do want, 
I do want our lives to still be connected because we have children mm. and not just for the sake of the children, but I'm like, why can't we create this other this other avenue for our children to have both of their parents in a healthy way? It doesn't have to be battle. Twice that we were together in the same place mm-hmm. where we stood in the same place more than a few minutes. Both times, Judah goes, he looks at, he goes Your up son. to her, my, our son, he goes, looks at her, looks at me, looks at her, looks at me and goes, this is weird. I'm like, what's weird? He's like, you guys are, you guys are in the same, you guys aren't fighting. Mm-hmm. This is weird. And then another time, Shala goes, I want you guys to be back together. And like, that, that's our little daughter speaking her truth, like what she wants. And they're, mm-hmm. they're a lot, they're supposed to want that in a lot of ways. Like we are the creators of them. And I'm like, why can't we just be in the park together? Mm-hmm. Why can't we be at the same restaurant together? Why can't we be at the same church together? What, what? In my mind, I know I could do it. Even if that guy, her, her boyfriend's there. I know for a fact, I might want to make jokes and I probably would make jokes. Mm-hmm. I would probably make the Eskimo joke, Eskimo brother joke at some point with him. Maybe out loud or maybe on the side. What's that, like having sex with one woman? With the same woman, yeah. Like I would, but the thing is, we can make those. That's a turn on for me. (laughs) We can make jokes like that, but we can also say, you guys have a healthy life. Good. No. I went up to her house. Well, she'll get there at some point, maybe. Some people never do, but she probably will. Yeah. She probably just, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't have any real bead on what she's thinking or feeling. But when she made that joke and she said it in Portuguese, Cause she knew I was with Marina. And then the next two days later I said, Hey, by the way, and she held my gaze. We looked at each other. She didn't seem like nervous. She just seemed like a normal person. I said, Hey, um, I thought that was funny when you said that word in Portuguese. And she mm. goes, I thought it was too. And I'm like, so you're learning Portuguese. She goes, well, I have a friend that's Brazilian. I'm like, yeah, but you had to look that up. She goes, Oh, I definitely had to look it up. Of course. Yeah. And um, to me, I'm like, that was the most human, funny, cool, normal like we're breathing the same air and it Uh wasn't like i'm trying to get with you she's trying to get with me it was like hey we're two individuals that have common ground which is our children and our history and on that note goodbye everybody on that note (laughs) you'll fuck someone else soon i'm here (laughs) um okay bye move your car